small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. Kyle, it's just you and I tonight. Just us. We are going to do something we call the producer's chair. Mm-hmm. I think this is the fourth time we've done it. We've done it with Alexi. Yep. Did it with He Who Shall Not Be Named. Mm-hmm. I think we did it with April. Yes. And now I'm doing it just with you. Mm-hmm. And this is when we pick a producer that we like. And we play songs by bands that that producer has produced. Mm-hmm. And I got a good one tonight. You got a good one? I think so. What else is going on? What have we done lately? We saw... Um, saw a Dodger game. Saw a Dodger game. We saw Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, yeah. That was great. Number six. Yes. Of six. Mm-hmm. Let's rank it. Let's rank them. What's number one for you? For me, number one is three. For me, number one is Ghost Protocol. What's your number two? My number two would be Ghost Protocol. My number two would be three. Okay. So now here we go. What's number three? I think I like one. Me too. And then then six. Okay, so one and then the new one, then Fallout. Then Rogue Nation, mm-hmm. and then two. Yes. Which has a couple cool set pieces, but it's a little slow moving at times. And it's it's mask happy. Like everyone's wearing a mask and people are wearing two masks. Like it's... I don't mind the mask. Though. I do like mask play, but I, I know I understand what you mean. But everyone agrees two is the worst. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people might be shocked that Rogue Nation is in the five slot, but it's... um. It's just, uh, it, it had Tom Cruise hanging on an airplane and holding his breath underwater. And it's good. It's I, good. But if we're re- ranking them. Rewatching it, I, I was like, oh, I think in my memory I liked it a lot better yeah. than I actually did. It's corny did. too sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a part where Simon Pegg's punching like a, a thing to make it work, the computer to work. And then it's causing... Like whatever platform Tom Cruise happens to be on to go up and down. Yeah. And it's, so it's it's just a little it's a little over a little corny. Like Looney Tunes. It's good, mm-hmm. but it's just but it's it's number five out of the six. Yes. Uh, and Fallout is uh, Fallout's good, but it's not as good as one or Ghost Protocol or mm-hmm. three. I watched Ghost Protocol again. I, I'm still blown out of the water by that one. Love it. Yeah, he's on a building running in a sandstorm. It's, it's nuts. Nuts. Mm-hmm. Love it. What else? Anything else? Did we see any shows? I did not. All right. Maybe yeah. by the time well, I might, by the time this drops, I will maybe have seen Ace Freely open for Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do this. Who is your... Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Why don't you go first? Because you have more songs than I do. But that doesn't mean I'm going to play all these. Right. Okay. But I will go first. My producer, and most of the music that he plays or has produced is harder uh, rocking mm-hmm. music from the past. 
by bands that uh, you like some of these bands. I, I like these bands. This guy's name is Martin Birch. Oh, yeah. And he produced all the great Iron Maiden albums, except for the first one, mm-hmm. which is also a good album. But he produced all the classics. And uh, he's retired now, still with us. He's born in 1948, December 27th. And uh, he started out as an engineer, and then he started to get to produce, uh, hmm. produce some stuff. So, and he's worked with um, not a lot of different artists, and there's a lot of crossover. Like uh, he'll work with an artist, and then uh, that artist will move to another band, mm-hmm. and then he'll work with that band, and all kinds of stuff. So, um, over the uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've been listening a lot to a lot of Ronnie James Dio, and I've been listening to a lot of the Black Sabbath without Ozzy. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Black Sabbath with Ozzy that much. Yeah. And I think the reason is they self-produce those albums mostly. And I think Black Sabbath with Ozzy really would have benefited from a producer. Yes. I really do. Because the first Dio Black Sabbath album is Heaven and Hell. And Martin Birch produces it mm-hmm. in 1980. So play for me, Lady Evil. I mean, that is killer. Uh, these, for me, these are the two best Black Sabbath albums, the ones with Ronnie James Dio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Dehumanizer is good too. But I mean, these two, first two with Ronnie are, are so good. I mean, and it sounds like the band is really having a good time. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm sure people will argue this, but um, I love it. Mm-hmm. So good. Martin yeah, Birch, great. good job. Uh, you got? So I have, a, so I I went with, I looked up some albums that I liked, you know, and so I, I went with, I've been listening to a lot of Rise Against lately, and I went with their most recent album, Wolves, and I, it's, it's, so it's, I would consider it's like the end of a trilogy of like their most recent three albums are kind of like all a little political kind of story based sort of thing about the same things. But the first two are uh, produced by two guys who've done a bunch of their albums. And then this one is done by a different guy and he's done Foo Fighters and Stone Sour and Black Star Riders. So it's this, it's this Nick Rascal Links or you, Rascal Linux. That's, that's how it's 
phonetically spelled. Yeah, Rascal Linux. Yeah, that's a tough one to say. Yeah. So I picked him because I was like, oh, wow, he's done a bunch of stuff that I like. Um, it's so. fun when you find out, like, you're like, oh, I like this and I like that. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. The same guy produced and there's like all a this lot stuff. of a lot of stuff. So let me uh let's start with this Rise Against song, since that's what brought me to it. And this is from their latest album, Wolves, and this is called House on Fire. That keeps pushing me away. I thought that we would build this together, but everything I touch just seems to break. Am I your sail or your anchor? Am I the calm of a hurricane? I feel the ground start to shake. I hear a voice shouting low, but there is no fucking way I'd leave you. So I'll just hold you like a hand in it. You touch me like a razor blade. I wish there was some other way. So yeah, nice. he was able to kind of capture the same sound that they had on their previous two albums, which I thought was cool. Because they, they, those three all kind of have the same sound. Like I have a, I burned a CD with mm-hmm. all of them, and like oh, they all just kind of like yeah fit together. So it's cool. Well, see, that's what I would expect you to do. You're a producer. Yeah. Now, do you do you run in circles with guys like Nick and Martin? Bush? You know, just here and there sometimes. sometimes. You know, be at a party, a mixer. No, no, you mean a mixing board. Oh, yes, yes. A mixer board. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to move on to, uh, to 1972. This is the first band that Michael DeBar was in. This is um, a band called Silverhead, self-titled album, Silverhead, and friend of the show, Michael DeBar. And this is a song called Ace Supreme. <laughs> Yes. So I found something out about Michael Barr recently. He's in, so obviously he's the villain in MacGyver, which I've never really watched. That Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch. Okay. So, but there's a new MacGyver show that is a continuation of the old series, but he's in an episode, but he's not the old Murdoch. He's just. Who is he? He's just some guy. Like, he's just some. That's ridiculous. Why isn't he just Murdoch? Yeah. Did they kill off Murdoch in the original MacGyver series? I don't know. I don't know that much about it, but it seemed, it's just weird to me. It's very strange. How is it a continuation? I mean, it's like his son or nephew or whatever. And is, has Richard Dean Anderson been in any of the episodes or is he, is, is he uh, dead? In real life? No, no, no. Is the character of the original MacGyver dead? Um, 
A guy that, killed that him, a guy know, killed I him I, again, with watched. a penny and a toothpick. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't come here for MacGyver talk. It didn't, uh, I tuned in for music and all I got to hear was some metal and talk. Um, no, it doesn't say that he is in it, so I guess not. It's weird. It is strange. I was never a MacGyver fan. Um, I, I only know about it. I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode or anything like that. I like that other guy, though. Who's that other guy? McGruber? Yeah, that guy kicks ass. What a painfully unfunny. <laughs> one note. One note. G- hey, joke. let's make that into a movie. Yep. Isn't Val Kilmer the villain in that movie? Yeah. The, is he so, Murdoch? No, he's like, he's, he's, he's Von Kunth is his name. That's as bad as Bloodcock. And uh, that's the we made we made that up bloodcock, and that's what von Kunth. Yeah. So I oh, wow. and I have a story because my friend was a universal rep at Penn State when we were in college, and so they would have screenings of movies that like didn't come out yet. So we get to we saw like Bridesmaids like a month before it came out. That's pretty cool. And like Paul, and uh, we saw McGruver, and uh. Kristen Wiig and um, Will Forte did like a Q and A for the for the movie, or we're supposed to do a Q and A for the movie. No, they did do one at the end of it, and Val Kilmer was on the plane with them mm-hmm. and got into an argument with them and refused to come to the Q and A. Wow! And I think they just that night flew him back separately, and then they gave him throat cancer. <laughs> wow, that's. Got in an argument with his co-stars. Yeah, it was like mad. I, I think he was just mad about something. And they and I think the story was like Will Forte was saying, because my friend had the scoop. So it was like Will Forte said something like, hey, you know, like, it's cool. Like, we're just having fun. You know, it's, just, it's supposed to be fun. He's like, it's not fun. It's not fun. Like, just wow. screaming and yelling. What a baby. <laughs> All right. Well, he's going to be in Top Gun 2. So let's see. Uh, yep. I think I said Top Gun 2. <laughs> Top Gun 2. <laughs> All right, what's your next song? Um, so my next song is, uh, so this is, this is, I gotta be honest, the only song I like on this album. Uh-oh. But this is, uh, this is, and I think you might agree too, this is Rush's Clockwork Angels. I think I like also this. I actually think I like produced, this Produced. But uh, this is, this is like the single, this is B-U to B. So...
he did this album and he did the one before it called Snakes and Arrows. And that one I love. I love Snakes and Arrows. Are I like that one. you with it? Yeah, I listened to it the other day. I just didn't have it in my in my iTunes. So. You know where it is. It's right yeah, on my yeah, shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I I um I really haven't listen to clockwork angels that much mm -hmm. so i really if i listen to it today it would be like listening to it for the first time mm -hmm. but um i do love snakes and arrows and i did like the song that you just played yeah all right moving on something a little bit different so that you know that martin birch didn't just do the hard rock he uh he was an engineer with fleetwood mac in 1969 70 and 72 on the albums then play on kiln house and bear trees and then in 73 he got the chance to produce, engineer, and mix the album called Penguin. So the song I got pulled up from Penguin is Remember Me. other things mm -hmm. that sounded great too didn't yeah it? it did he's a great producer mm -hmm. i love that's, the bass too on that the song you played from clockwork angels the bass was yeah the, yeah the bass is cool so that's like that's a little bit of the same story with fleetwood mac as uh nick rascal linux rascal linux aren't you glad you picked that one yeah uh let's call him nick r nicker nicker uh so yeah, so it's it's a little the same story. He did kind of the same thing with uh, Foo Fighters. He he was you know like an engineer on some of their stuff, and then I guess you know probably just got along with Dave, and Dave was like, yeah, why don't you? So you give it um, a try. So he was part of he was part of the one by one album that was a disaster. That when they like recorded. Mm -hmm. You know, and they had to re they spent a millions of dollars recording an album and then just didn't like how it sounded and yeah. went to like a house and re-recorded it. But he produced um, both sessions. So I, I love that album. It's great. I really think it's great. I think they, they the band still doesn't like it that much. I don't think. Yeah, I, they might be the process is just exhausting to them. Yeah, but, but I love this album. Um, yeah, so this is great. So this is uh, this song I picked called Lonely As You. As your own pain I can't choose Wake up your dreaming I can't stand your screaming Drowning out these prayers Just some words without meaning Spare all the preaching My secret's worth keeping No one understands like 
go with for me we're going to go to 1981 iron maiden killers this is iron maiden's mm-hmm. second album paul diano on lead vocals mm-hmm. they asked martin birch to do it and i think he said why didn't you ask me to do the first one they're like we didn't think you'd say yeah we didn't think we could get you so he jumps in on the second album and this is a song i don't think we played this when we did our iron maiden mm, episode i don't remember this but. song is called twilight zone one of my favorites from that album yeah it's great the drum sounds awesome on yep it. it's and it's quite the step up from the first album yeah in terms of production in terms of production like if you would have done the first album it would have yeah. been even better mm-hmm. it's great but it'd be even better yeah and uh we mentioned it before on the iron maiden but uh episode but um if you go to their youtube page there are three great hour and a half long documentaries about kind of like the eras of the band and it's great you'll get you'll start watching it and not stop yeah you'll be like oh you know what? i'll just watch a little of the second one yeah, I mean, and how then, much how much iron maiden can i take and then four and a half hours later yeah it's it's really great i yeah. love it and really, it's fun and they're fun and well done mm-hmm. and they talk to everyone so and yeah there's, there's no doom and gloom there's no like there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of like mm-hmm. upheaval in the band or d- drugs or yeah Bad and stuff. the ones they have up there go right up before the Blaze Bailey. Or no, they the third one has Blaze Bailey. It's like right when I think it ends with um Bruce coming back for yeah. Brave New World. Yes. I think that's the the time period. But yeah. Really yeah, good. It's great. Okay. What is All right, for me. What so, do you got? so the next few like so that Foo Fighters one, there's some Foo Fighters connections with these next couple that I have. So um this and I didn't I didn't know this till just tonight, but the so this this is um this is a band called Coheed and Cambria. They're filled with a bunch of pretentious assholes. Um, I know them. 
Um, but I do like this song. It's called Welcome Home. It's off their fourth album. And he produced this. Yeah, he produced this. And it, they. Um, I found out tonight that for whatever con- contract reasons, the drummer couldn't play on it. So Taylor Hawkins drums on this whole album. Uh, this this band reminds me of just like a, a bunch of depressed kids out in the desert recording music. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like this, if this, what is that, Julian Casanova, what's his name from the Strokes, is that his name? Uh, Julian Casablancas? Yes. I think that's his name. Uh, he, um, it'd be like if he were kind of more of a hippie, I guess, <laughs> rather than like an angsty person. Okay. So this album's called God Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, from... <laughs> From fear through the eyes of madness, which is just a clunker. Yeah, yeah. why isn't the seagull stinker? Or a good, good Apollo. That's is what it's called. Good Apollo. Yeah, it's terrible. P U is a seagull stinker. So, um, let's hear. It. So, this is welcome home. some there's some discrepancy because he's credited as on some things as a producer but then he's not so i don't no well oh well but anyway he was involved yeah he's somehow involved but i don't know if he only maybe produced one or two tracks or or if he produced that one but it is taylor sounding good on the drums yep it's just at a barbecue today and there was a guy there i was talking to who um works for the Foo Fighters. This is why I'm mistaken. He did the other album. The Good Apollo and Burning Star 4 Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow. So that was from the first volume. And <laughs> so he did not produce that song. No. I thought it sounded like shit. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, thank you for correcting yourself. Yeah. So that's where I was confused. But obviously because the titles are almost identical. Yeah. And- there's a terrible title. Yeah, it's, it's garbage. I don't blame you. I blame whoever came <laughs> up. I don't know if it was Coheed or Cambria. I don't know which one came up with that title, but they fucked up. Awful. Let's jump into a little White Snake. Ooh. Martin Birch produced all the early White Snake albums the whole way up to uh, Slide It In from 1984. So he yeah. produced all of the, the bluesier rocking ones. And a lot of the bands he produced are very incestuous. Like I said, like, you know, he produced Deep Purple and he produced, 
you know, and, and so, you know, and like John Lord was in deep purple and then he's in white snake and Ian Pace is in deep. I mean, it's yeah. all, all these members just kind of like would go from one band to another, you know, when they, when, when they, they, they were should kicked have, out. I would be a great family tree type. Thing it would be, it would be a cool documentary to kind of follow maybe a couple of those guys. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. cause you could get like, you know, deep purple, white snake, yeah. rainbow, black sabbath all dio you, you know all there, that kind a, of there's a ton of crossover with members and mm-hmm. but martin birch is right there with all these yeah. guys this is his these are the bands so the song i'm going to play is from a 1980 white snake album called ready and willing kyle you can let me know what you think of that album cover <laughs> this is really this is like first level photoshop like when you're going to put a layer and yeah. you just yeah make everyone look like a cartoon and what's this guy just in the middle of it all? I know, like you're just he's, he's <laughs> they're all in like a diagonal line and then they're like, Oh, we forgot him. him. Put him in. Uh this is also this is a song that they re-recorded nine years later after after White Snake was gigantic, after they were hair band level big. But uh it made its debut on this album. It's the opening track, it's called Fool for Your Loving. Always good for 10 seconds of loading music. Sure. So that's why we're playing a little bit longer uh, cuts tonight. So yeah. I hope that's okay with people. Late night record. We're recording mm-hmm. on a Sunday. It's uh, 5 to 11. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Even later yeah. on the East Coast. Oh, hey. <laughs> 2 a.m. on the East Coast. Yeah. Late or early. Yeah. Hope we're not waking anyone up. Oh, <laughs> keep it up out there. Tune in, right? All right. What's the next one you got? Um, so following with the train of... Uh, of, uh, you are going to play a song that Nick uh, Nick produced this time. Yes, okay. this time I will. Um, this is one I'm sure of. Uh, so this was uh, he he did two of the two Stone Sour albums. Stone Sour is Corey Taylor from Slipknot. It's his other band that because he can't not work. So <laughs> every other year, and if you want to see something hilarious, watch. 
he he's on Larry King now or whatever that web Larry King show is. Okay. And Larry King cannot figure out how he's in two bands at the same time. Wow. He goes, so does one get jealous? And he's like, <laughs> well, no, you know, like they need, he's like, I'm a workaholic, but they just need time off. So, you know, when they're off, when I'm off with one band, I'm at the other man. He goes, so they don't fight over you. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Do you feel like you're cheating on one band when you're singing with another band? Yeah, I think he thought like he was like, they're not my wife. <laughs> um, so this is their this is their first album. This is called Come Whatever May, and this just la- this is a, a twelve years old, and last year it went platinum, which is kind of interesting, I guess. And uh, th- but this was uh, recorded at Studio Six Hundred Six, which is the Foo Fighters connection there. And so this is made of scars. This one came from looking. This one opened twice. These two seem to smooth as silk, flush against my eyes. This one needed stitches, and this one came from rings. This one isn't even there, but I feel I'm not So yeah, and that's uh, I think I con- was confusing when I spoke. That's the first, the first Stone Sour album that Nick had produced. It's their second album. So their first one's called Stone Sour. This is their second, and then he produced the third as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. Well, I'm gonna move to uh, guitarist uh, Michael Shanker. Oh, he's, he's actually um, he's actually here. Yeah, this is weird. He's he always seems to be here when we're yeah. when we're late, talking late night too. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know, what I I don't even know what time uh, what time it would be in England, right? Isn't he no. from? Yeah, he's from England. From, very very late for him. Michael, uh, how are you doing tonight? Hi, this is Michael. Yes, I hope you're all doing great. Okay. Keep on rocking. All right. Well, okay. Okay. Well, we're going to keep on rocking. We're going to play a song from your 1982 album called Assault Attack, produced by Martin Birch. Now, Kyle, today we are listening to some Rainbow in the Car. Yes. And we are listening to a mental patient song. Is what you? This is your mental patient song. What is it? Uh, Since You've Been Gone. Since You've Been Gone, written by Russ Ballard, mm-hmm. covered by Rainbow. Kel- Kelly Clarkson. No. <laughs> Uh, the person who sings uh, in that version of Rainbow is Graham Bonnet. Mm-hmm. Graham Bonnet is also the vocalist on Michael, the Michael Schenker group's Assault Attack. So we are going to hear Desert Song.
Concerts Graham Bonnet played with the Michael Shanker group. Two. He was fired from the group after a single concert. Yeah, he only plays on this album when he drunkenly exposed himself on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh my God! Yeah, I knew he. I knew he was short-lived, but uh, boy, Martin Birch made him sound great, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He looks like a cool guy now. He looks like a. Kind of looks like Michael DeBar a little bit. Yeah, I think he's got it together now. Yeah. Back in the day, no way, right? Now he's now he soberly exposes himself on stage. <laughs> uh, what do you got for us? What's, what's the next? Um, okay, so this this next one is um, this is this is a song everyone knows. This is a super group. All right. Called Velvet Revolver. It's their album Contraband. I forgot he produced this one. Yeah, so this is uh, this is Slither. great yeah that's a great song that's a great song production's great <laughs> my friend dan texted me out of the blue the other day like while i was prepping for this and he just said uh, the way that scott wyland moves in the slither video is unsettling to me <laughs> and i was like yeah i know exactly what you mean he's like kind of like like a snake almost but like upright it's weird creepy yeah rock and peace scott wyland mm-hmm uh, we mentioned Rainbow a minute ago, so let's hear some Rainbow from 1976. It's a great album cover. The album is called Rising, and this was produced by Martin Birch and Ronnie James Dio on vocals here. Mm-hmm. Second appearance by Ronnie James Dio tonight. Rock and peace.
That's great. That is so good. Uh, Rainbow, man, I've been listening to, uh, I've been picking up the Rainbow CDs, uh, remastered, inexpensive. Ronnie James Dio, Graham Bonnet on two albums, and Joe Lynn Turner on two albums. These Rainbow albums are great. Mm-hmm. Like, I, again, this is a band that was around when I was a kid, high school, and younger. I don't know why you didn't get into them then. They were played on WFBG the, by the all night animal, Steve Kelsey. Rock and peace. Rock and peace, Steve Kelsey. But, um, you know, 2018 rolls around here. I'm getting into it. Yeah. Finally. That's what I love about music. It's always here. Mm-hmm. You find it whenever you want to find it. It's like ephemeral. Is that what they say? I guess. Is that a word? I think so. Isn't that, that uh, the last name of your producer, Nick Ephemeral? <laughs> oh, How do you say it again? Can you say it? Uh, Rascal Linux. He should change his name. Yeah. Uh, do you ever take uh oh no, ephemeral means lasting for a very short time. Oh, that's you ever, not you ever take ephemeral? I do, but the side effects aren't good. Yeah. Um, what are they? Well, if you're allergic to ephemeral, you should not take ephemeral. No. And um, I don't know. <laughs> those, all those drug commercials crack me up because there's they're, about a hundred million side effects that there could happen. They're like, it, might, it may cause sore throat, mm-hmm. nausea, death. Stomach ache, mm-hmm. abdomen cramps. And like, wait, wait, why did you? Why did? Why is death in the middle? I know. Why is that in the middle? <laughs> All right. What's your next song? Uh, next song is. Um, go with this one. This is. This is a. I don't know anything about this band. I only know this song because it's on. It was on one of the Guitar Hero. Games. Um. This band is called the Eggsies, the Exes, E X I E S. Oh, Eggsy, he's from uh, he's from the Kingsman. <laughs> yep. So this is his album. Yeah. He that guy kid does everything. Um, and this is a song called "Hey You." I bet you've heard this before. Okay. the uh same sound as like their velvet revolver yeah yeah a little bit those were both from the same year too they were both uh 2004 so he just had one uh one button on the board that he mm-hmm. switched this is my this is my uh 2004 switch <laughs> make all the bands sound the same yep that was good though i like that yeah now That's a fun song. all all the bands i've played so far are 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 from great britain black sabbath silverhead fleetwood mac hello Iron Maiden, White Snake, Michael Schenker, Rainbow. But now we're going to play one of the bands. It might be the only band that Martin Birch produced that's an American band. 
It's been hails from. Uh, is it Boston? Long Island? No. This is Blue <laughs> Oyster Cult from the album Cultosaurus Erectus. Do you like this album cover? I don't like the name. You don't like Cultosaurus Erectus? Oh, this is okay. This, this doesn't know what it wants to be. Well, this song is called Black Blade. My luck is none too good This sword here at my side Don't act the way it should Keeps calling me its master But I feel like it's slave Hauling me faster and faster To an early, early grave Production's great. Yeah. Black Blade. That's, uh, it says here that features lyrics by fantasy and sci-fi writer Michael Moorcock. So, Bloodcock's brother. Blood Moorcock. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's his alias. Uh, and is about Stormbringer, a black sword wielded by Elric of Melonbone, a famous character in Moorcock's mythology. Well, you know what? Since you brought that up, let's jump to 1974's album by Deep Purple, and let's hear a little bit of Stormbringer. Here's another appearance by David Coverdale, because he was singing for Deep Purple then, and we heard him earlier from Whitesnake, so let's hear this song. reading that um, David Coverdale was also considered a, to be the lead singer for the Michael Schenker group. Uh, I always hear that David Coverdale was maybe going to, you know, they're going to do Led Zeppelin again with him. I'm sure David Coverdale, I just feel like he was considered for all these bands that didn't have a... Hey, Coverdale's uh, great. How about him? I think Black Sabbath was going to um, try him out before they hired Ian Gillen. I mean, it's... That's crazy. It, it almost seems like oh, he's just the guy. Yeah, oh yeah, he could do it. Yeah. So uh, that's Stormbringer. Testament to his talent. The Deep Purple logo should always be purple. Right. It's it's like red. It should actually be like a really dark purple. It should be a deep purple. Yeah. It's red. It's red on the cover of the album. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it it's like it's like those things where it's like you read the you say the color, not the word, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Where'd that name come? Where'd they get the name Deep Purple from? Um, Do you have anything for me on that? Uh, I bet I can uh, find it here quickly. Quickly? Um, That's what you do when you, when you want to make it sound like you're doing it quickly. You go, uh-huh. 
Okay, oh, it's oh, coming oh. up. Ba, 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 ba. Here it is. Okay, almost got some. Zippity doo doo. Nothing, right? Uh, someone's screaming because they know it. It's named after an old song that was a favorite of Richie Blackmore's granny or something like that. That's what, that's what it says. All right. That's another crossover. Richie Blackmore was in Deep Purple mm-hmm. and he was in. He wasn't on that song we just heard. Or was he? Yes, he was. He's in that version. Is he in that version? Sounds like we know a lot about what we're talking about tonight. Uh, I think we do. Um, a little all over the board. It's, this is a song that... Um, this was one of those when I saw, like... When I saw everything that he produced in the list and I was scrolling down and I was like, oh my God, this is... I love this album. This album's great. This is uh, by a band called Trivium. They're a metal band. Um, and this is my favorite of their albums. Some of them get like too instrumentally and noodly. This is called Shogun. And this is, uh, this is a, this song's called Into the Mouth of Hell We March. It's one of those bands. Very nice. Those, very, very nice. They're from Florida. For some reason, I thought they were Swedish. but yeah. Man, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I thought that band was from Panama, but nope, they're from Cleveland. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Fleetwood Mac because they had another album come out in 73. Two albums in 73, both produced by Martin Birch. Hmm. The song I played earlier featured Christine McVie on vocals. Was it supposed to maybe be a double album or was it? No, no, I don't think so. It's just they, they did it that, like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is a shit cover. Uh, mystery to me? Yeah. Oh, it's a mess. Oh. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what's going oh, on. Oh, it's horrible. And can I tell you, I, I got to assume that this maybe hurt the album. Because you think? This, this album's really, really good. And... That album cover is definitely a mystery to me. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. It's a beach with a, like if, if a gorilla walked over to a caricature stand and was like, could you draw a picture of me? That's what it, it's like a caricature of a gorilla. And what's he? He, he has white coming. He has a tears streaming down his eye. He has white icing all over his mouth and fingers, which he's licking. There's a cake next to him with icing dripping off of it and then like a bite out of a book <laughs> i mean it's it's garbage it's nothing like why did they and it, it doesn't really go with the title other than my my quick joke about that's a whole it's a mystery to me why they would use this 
But uh, this album's great. It's really great. So uh, this is Bob Welsh, Christine McVie, John McVie, Mick Fleetwood, and Bob Weston. And this song was a big song for them. And this is uh, Hypnotized. hit in the u.s it wasn't released as a single but uh that did get some fm airplay and i heard it a ton so i just assumed it was you know i think people know that song so uh welcome to the contradictory hour where we say one thing we play a song and then immediately realize it's wrong and yep this next one coming up this is blah 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 no but we were wrong it actually isn't at at all nothing holy crap well this is the producer's chair we've done it four times maybe we don't need to do it again (laughs) Don't know what we're talking about. Martin Birch is my producer. Nick Raskaluskian is your producer. It's, uh, Raskalinux. Raskalinux. Nick Raskalinux. Raskalinux. Um, so this this is my second to last song on my list. All right. Well, I'll play a, a couple more and it'll play out. That's fine. Uh, so this is um, this was Ghost's second album, Infestissimum. Uh, How come everything you have tonight is something that's difficult to pronounce? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, and this is uh, this is like the band Ghost. For those of you who don't know, they dress as like a pope and uh, <laughs> in like makeup, and they're very they're like overly theatrical to the point of it's like comedic. Oh, like Kiss? Yeah, yeah, but they take it seriously. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's like, it's comedic. So this is a song called body and blood, which is like a, they basically, they basically sing all about the devil, but it's like, you know, times a hundred to make it be jokey. Okay. But then they make good music. So. What's this one called? Body and blood. Body and blood. This grave will Just 
good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like them a lot. They're uh, they're fun. They're theatrical. Speaking of Kiss, can you... Paul Stanley is having some problems with his voice. Oh, yes, he is. Do you want to pull up that clip of Paul recently? Uh, <coughs> it's yeah. bordering on Meatloaf and David Lee Roth style. Yes. We saw him... Uh, how many years ago was that now that we saw Kiss and Def Leppard? Two, maybe three. Feels like it was at least it was three. Yeah. And Gene, we've said it before. The show was a ten. Gene was a ten. Tommy and Eric were a ten. Paul was about a six. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was still a great show though. Yeah, it didn't diminish the um, the show, but Paul was not on point, and apparently he hasn't gotten better. Uh, yeah. Because this is not sounding good. Hold on, let me see. Give me a second. Yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost, okay. What do we listen to it? You know what? He sounds good. We, is that what we contradict ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, wait, I'm pulling it up. Okay, let me see. It's coming up. I'm trying to find the one that we watched. Uh, the one that Mike Schmidt played for us. 40-year-old boy. Yeah, and this isn't it, but this is... Which song did we watch the love, other day? Love Gun? Yes. That's what it was. Okay. Okay, yeah, this was from like two weeks ago. Okay. Brace yourselves. Lisbon! They're in Lisbon. Lisbon. And it, that's a better clip than the one we heard earlier today. That's like, rough. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, <laughs> it's all show anyway. It's all show anyway. So just have them lip sync. Just lip sync it. At this point, who cares? It's yeah. all smoke and mirrors anyway. It's always been with Kiss. Yeah. You know, you never Sometimes know. Sometimes the never, drum tech is playing yeah, for Peter. You, you, you don't know who plays on any of those albums. I mean, some people know, but I mean... We always used to think it was just these four guys, but now we find out, oh, no, there's like seven drummers on that, and this guy played the lead mm -hmm. on this. And you know. Who would you, if they were to replace Paul Stanley? Okay. Let's just say for singing. Let's say he's still there, he's still the front man, but for, for his songs, someone else sings. Who would you pick? Someone's going to come in and sing Paul's songs. Mm -hmm. Paul's still in the band. Paul's going to play guitar. He's still the star child. He's still the front man. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to come in and just sing his songs for him. Boy, who can do that? I don't know. Who do you think? I, I mean, I don't. I don't have an answer either. I don't have. I don't have one either. Hmm, it's difficult. Yeah, I guess just some, gen some generic. Singer. Go go get one of the the Kiss 
Yeah, Kiss cover band yeah. Pauls and bring them in. Hey, Tommy, call your call your Paul from Cold Gin and bring him over. Perfect. And that would, guy would probably be perfect. Mm-hmm. Trust me, Paul's going to retire and Tommy Thayer's Cold Gin Paul is going to join and mm-hmm. it's just going to be Gene. and Yeah. Or have Eric sing half of them. Like, just, yeah. just divvy them all up. Add more. Gene, Gene sings a couple, Eric yeah. sings some, and Tommy sings some. Yeah, add more Peter songs in there that Eric can sing. Mm-hmm. Well, would you go see Kiss if it was just a three-piece and they didn't do any Paul songs, but they did Gene songs, they did some Ace songs, and they did some Peter songs? Yeah, I might go see that, depending. Yeah. Gene has a lot of great songs. Yeah. All right. And he's... I mean, he's an asshole, but he's he was great the last time we saw him. That was the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, he was terrific. So, I don't know if it was just by comparison or if he really stepped up his game or what, but... Felt like he stepped up his game. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go back to Iron Maiden again. This is one of Kyle's favorite songs. It's from the 1992 album. This is actually Martin Birch's last album he produced, then he retired. Hmm. So, the first album he did, well, producing-wise, was... Silverhead, mm-hmm. 1972. So he basically had a 20-year career of as a producer. He still engineered and stuff before that. Mm-hmm. And this is the title track. Uh, this is with Bruce Dickinson. This is the final album before Bruce took a break and they got Blaze Bailey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's this one of my is, favorite Iron Maiden albums for sure. Yep, Fear of the Dark. Jump ahead a little bit. Sure. Let's hear some vocals. Fear of the dark. Fear of the dark. I have a phobia that someone's always there. I mean, he went out on a great one. How great did that sound? So good. So good. And uh, unfortunately, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was a listener who had emailed you and said, because of us talking about uh, Fear of the Dark, he gave it another listen and enjoyed it a lot more than oh, that's good. The, the, the first time around. I, so like, I, I apologize like, that I forget who it is. But. It's hard. We, get a lot of, we do get a lot of emails, and we try to yeah. keep up, but... Uh, you know, and a lot of times it's when like we're just doing something else and yeah. it just comes up like oh so and so emailed me about this but I wonder if we have any um, new iTunes reviews I was thinking about that I'm gonna look right now check it out you can uh, you can play your song alright I'll play my last song this okay. is um, oh this is a song you know we played it on here before he produced this album and uh, the one before it these are from um, friend of the show, uh, Ricky Warwick's band. Okay. Black Star Riders. He produced the, the second and third album. This is from Heavy Fire. This is When the Night Comes In. This song kicks ass. Uh-huh. 
Did I read the one from June 14th? I think we did where it says five fake stars yes. has terrible musical taste. Yeah. Okay. We have one since then. We have one from July 9th. Uh, please go on and uh, write some so that this one isn't the top one. But first of all, let me tell you that the person who wrote this is called A plus girl 531. Okay. Okay. And here's the other things that I assume a girl, it's a girl. Here's what else she has reviewed besides our podcast. She has reviewed... Uh, two apps. One is Period Diary Pro, <laughs> which is an app that tracks your period. And, and good review? She says, great app. A++, five stars. This is a great app for tracking. So far, you can actually track after 37 years. I don't know what that means. I guess she's 37 years old. I guess you so. Track it. All right. Then she is also... Or... or- or it lets you, you could jump 37 years in the yeah. future and know when your period is. Maybe either or. She also has reviewed the Bible app. Oh, no. It says, good, but offline mode needs work. Four out of five stars. I really like the app, but it needs to be able to work without Wi-Fi. And offline mode also needs work. You need that worship. So, now here we go. July 9th. Or you could just carry your regular Bible. Right. <laughs> July 9th, 2018. It's about a month ago. We get uh, the title of the review is Lax Insight. One star out of five. And let me read. I listened to 40 minutes of the Rolling Stones 1971 to 1978 episode and gave up. More emphasis is placed on their attempts to be funny than to provide any kind of insight on the subject. Oh, we are a comedy music podcast. I know. 20 minutes of unrelated discussion, <laughs> a few song snippets, and a bunch of random jokes. I will not be trying any other episodes. By all means, first of all, judge us on one episode. And by yeah. the Hey, lest ye be, lest ye who is not judge cast the first stone. <laughs> and I assume, I assume the week she listened, she was on the rag. <laughs> <laughs> so track uh, that. Oh my God. That was a good episode. That's a seagull episode. Yeah, that's a seagull episode. Doesn't like seagull. Pro- we probably talked about cocaine. Yes. This makes me want to go listen to the first 40 minutes. Just because yes. he's probably like, oh, these fucking assholes. <laughs> Talking about the boat. These religious people. I'm surprised she made it 40 minutes based on her reviewing a Bible app and being salty about it. Her period tracking. You can't make this up. You couldn't make that up that she reviewed us. 
a Bible app and an app to track her period. Are you kidding me? And 71 to 78 stones is great music. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a good episode. Mm -hmm. Well, the rock and roll is the devil's music. And I don't, I don't care for that. That's hysterical. Uh, Again, I always like to see what else they review. Now, is that when, what was that, what's that album? Satanic request or whatever under majesty Satanic. Uh, no, that is not in the 70s. That's okay. still in the 60s. Oh, okay. So that's why she steered clear of that one. <laughs> uh, even Sympathy for the Devil is in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what she's all up in arms about. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, do you have another so song? Are you I, done? I don't, but I'll just I'll give a shout out to some other things so people can check it out. He's done... Uh, so Nick Raskolinix. Yeah, Raskolinix has done... Uh, done some Alice in Chains albums uh, from 2009 and there was another one but I can't find it now. Oh, from 2013, 2009. Um, he did some Deftones albums. He did Evanescence's Self-Titled which is like their fourth album which always weirds me out when they... That, that, that never makes sense to me. No. Um, yeah, Rush, uh, Mastodon, if people like that. Apocalyptica, he did a corn album, so everyone makes mistakes. Um, he did an album by a band called 10 Years. I have not heard that album, but I do like their other stuff. And he did the latest Hailstorm album. Hailstorm. Which uh, is a band that I initially thought I didn't like because there's a band called Ailstorm that is terrible. But Hailstorm is good, so check them out. No, well, everything you said lacks insight. Mm-hmm. By the way, could you excuse me? I have to change my path. <laughs> And uh, I don't get Wi-Fi in here, so how am I supposed to read the Bible while I do it? Amen. <laughs> uh, I want to clarify that David Coverdale, uh, David, uh, I'm sorry, Richie Blackmore does play on the Deep Purple Stormbringer <laughs> album. Are you sure that you didn't listen to this episode? Because yeah, this that, episode, yes. we do lack insight. Yeah, I mean, we lack insight here. <laughs> if she would give other episodes a try, she should jump from that one right to this one, and then we would accept her review. But anyway, uh, Stormbringer, uh, Richie Blackmore is on that album. Okay. Hi, so, you're a, a comedy music podcast for all things both new and classic. Hey, they don't know anything, and these are all jokes. <laughs> Why are they talking uh, about Snidely Whiplash for an hour? I'm going back to Whitesnake. Because oh, okay. Martin Birch produced Slide It In, which is the album right before the band broke really big. But this actually has that white snake sound that uh that everyone comes to know and this song is called guilty of love Okay, the beginning of the song sounds exactly like some Thin Lizzy song. Oh, let's hear it again. I 
think you're right. Uh-oh. That guitar? Yeah, it does. What's funny because this is the US release. And on the on the UK release, uh, guitars were played by Mick Moody and the bass was played by Colin Hodgkinson. They re- they remixed and did some re-recording before they released it in the US. And on the US version, Neil Murray pay, plays bass and John Sykes plays guitar. John Sykes was in Thin Lizzy for their last album. So there is, there is uh, some shenanigans happening. Yeah. And anyone who thinks... But I can't, I can't think of what's on. Maybe, maybe Tom Newerberg. Yeah, Tom, if you know, play it one more time just for Tom. Tom, which Thin Lizzy song does this sound like? One second. The, The guitar part specifically. Yes. Right. Yeah. Tom, oh, no, there's your homework, Tom. If you boys. choose to accept it. All right, moving on. Yeah. I'm going to jump back to Blue Oyster Cult. This is from the album Fire of Unknown Origin. What do you think of that album cover? Um, I mean, it's all right. It, you know, in, in retrospect, I don't mind the Cultosaurus Erectus now. Why? Because this one's worse? Yeah, and the and the cult the cult source one's cool, I guess. It it looks I don't know, it's like kind of sci-fi fantasy. I guess I gave it a a bad rap. All right. Well, this is Fire of Unknown Origins, the second album that Martin Birch produced for Blue Oyster Cult. And this not, has a big song on it, right? This is the big song. Oh, yes it is. I didn't even see what song. It's here. got other songs. It's got Joan Crawford. It's got She's risen from the grave. Yes. That that's a horrible music video. Oh, that's horrible. That's one of the worst. It's like in an apartment like it, Yeah, it looks like they patio. went to an abandoned like motel that you would see in The Walking Dead. Like You have to Yeah, you have to see that video. Joan Crawford. Yeah. This has got uh some great songs on it, but uh let's hear uh this one. I'm not even going to say what it is. Everyone knows the song.
That's one of their top three biggest songs, three or four, easily. Yeah, yeah I love that song. Yeah, I could listen to that whole thing. Yeah, and he, uh, Martin Birch produced that. That's great. It's great producer. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I just, it just started to dawn on me, like, all the stuff he produced, and that's actually why I said, hey, we need to do another uh, producer's chair. Don't bother looking anything up, either of us. No, no. This <laughs> we'll was, figure it out. This was, uh, this was really, like, uh, uh, well, like, today I'm like, hey, do you want to, we should maybe record tonight, get one under our belts. Mm-hmm. You know, stack one up. Yeah. And this this is what we get. Are your songs cued? No, neither mine. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. Do you know anything? No. We'll be fine. This, we lack. We are very, preparation. We lack preparation for this one. We, we had the songs. Lack knowledge. Yeah. What time is it? 20 to 12. That's late for Michael Shanker on the, in London. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty... Late for him. Forget it. Don't even play him. Okay, here we go. Uh, I got a playout song. Kyle, you're Kyle Dotson. Funny, we were at Rock Solid Show. Yeah. Patreon is at patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. Uh, Patreon's doing well, but it's, uh, you know, we, you know, we'll lose a few people mm-hmm. and then we'll gain a few people. So it always stays about the same. I would, I would love to get to 200, mm-hmm. um, 200 supporters but i don't know how to do that i think we're at 168 or 169 right now and if you donate if you donate 12 dollars that's one dollar per apostle you'll get a wi-fi an offline version of the bible also uh one (laughs) dollar if you if you donate 12 dollars that's uh one dollar for every time you get your period uh, throughout the year you get it uh, once a month Mm -hmm. so uh that's that's insightful Mm -hmm. um i'm at pat underscore francis we're going to go back to Black Sabbath, the second Black Sabbath album, Mob Rules. We're going to play the title track, Rock and Peace, Ronnie. Second Dio. one with Dio. Second one with Dio. Now, here's... Is that the second one? No, what are you talking about? Uh, one star. Uh, so they record the Mob Rules, the song, mm-hmm. for the heavy metal soundtrack. They record a demo of it, and they send it, Mm-hmm. To they, they think they're just sending it in to get approved for the soundtrack, and then they're going to record it for real. But the soundtrack people say, no, this is great. We got it. This is good. <laughs> so the version that's on the heavy metal soundtrack is actually them just, you know, they wrote the song and they just recorded it very roughly. And that's what they did. They just thought they were doing a demo, but that's, that's the version that's on the heavy metal soundtrack. So then when they go to record uh, Mob Rules, the album, they, uh, they re-record it with Martin Birch, and uh, they, they feel like they didn't really get the energy on this version that they did on the demo version, even though they tried and tried and tried. But both versions are still great, and we're going to play the one produced by Martin Birch, and this is the Mob Rules. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. Thanks. 